Hey, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to be with you for just a few minutes this afternoon to have a conversation with my friend Monica Zuniga about what she's up to. She is out there helping women who are a minority voices to have a place to hear the voice. Look at my hairs, they're like standing on end, whatever. That just means I'm excited. So thank you for joining me. We're gonna give uh, her a few minutes to come back in. Uh, about once a month, I like to have these conversations. So thank you for joining me today. Here's Monica, yay, here she comes. Let's have her join in, which is super cool. She's connected. Yay! Oh, you're ah, driving away. I, I, I'm smart. I'm not driving. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I can't hear you. Just give me a second. Let okay. me fix this. There we go. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear okay. me? Yes. Awesome. Hey, girl. I'm in my car. I had a busy day. You did? I'm pulled over. I'm safe. We're not going anywhere to have okay. conversations. So, no. yeah. Thank you. I'm in my office. Um, I just sent all my Christmas cards. I I'm saw like, that. So proud of me. I'm proud of you too. <laughs> I, I have not done that. I've never done that because I don't have a family, but I thought this year it would be fun to do it because 2020 has just been crazy and to give an update on what the year has held, you know, for everyone to know. Friends and family. Let me see. I can, um, I'm going to show you mine because yes. we decided to make it like match what's happening with 2020. Just give me a second. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> hey everyone, excited you guys are joining us. Okay, so, okay, here's my card. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I rethought it about a thousand times because I thought, oh, why am I wearing masks? It's a card. But I just wanted yeah, to have perfect. like a record. Every year we send a card and I keep them. And I wanted a record of this crazy year. Not that I would ever forget. Duh. No, you can never <laughs> forget, but it's good to have, to remember. I love it. Yeah, hey, I want to say hi to those of you who joined me. I'm here with my friend, Monica Zuniga, and I wanted to um, just spend a few time, few, few minutes with her talking about what she's doing. And I think uh, hopefully your followers, my followers, will find this conversation yeah. useful and uh, engaging for them and encouraging. Yeah. Everyone's busy, right, running around doing yeah. things. So for those who are taking the time, we are very, very grateful. So yeah. anyway, so I, I want you to know, I've been stalking you. Is that a bad thing? <laughs> no, not a bad thing at all. Not a bad thing at all. Oh, I love, I love what you're doing. And I, um, I listened to the podcast that you recently yes. did. Oh, thank you. So good. Well, you talked about kind of what you're doing, saying yes. The, mm -hmm. I think it was called the sacred yet. Yeah, the sacred no, I think the sacred no. Sacred no, sacred no, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Which you have to have a sacred no so you can have a sacred, sacred yes, right? Right, yes. Yes. Yeah. And then I, I, yeah, and then I noticed you're doing this, um, uh, it's a series you got involved with for sexuality, um, for yes. churches. Yes, I have partnered with um, Preston Sprinkle. He does a lot of work on sexuality. He's got his master's in that, did his dissertation, went to seminary, studied sexuality so he could train from a biblical perspective. And so he and his team put together a 12-week study on sexuality, talking about things like same-sex attraction, um, you know, purity, talking about the LGBTQ community, if you think you're trans or straight, so many things that our world 
has talked about, and they are, they have interviewed and created a teaching from a biblical lens. And so I have the honor of being a host for this series. So if you buy the series, if you watch it, I intro everyone, I outro everyone, and I actually get to share a lot of my personal story when it comes to sexuality in my in my journey. So that really um, was powerful, super, super powerful for me to be a part of. And um, I hope you guys will tune in. It's a it's really a passion project of mine to be vocal about these things. So I love it. It seemed like it was for church leaders or, or group leaders. How does a regular person get access to that? So I believe you can buy it as an individual. It's They're marketing it. Um, I'm not sure what the price points are, but if you follow them on Instagram, I'll tag them. It's Christian Sexuality. Um, I'll go ahead and tag them in the comments too. But they are marketing to churches, to youth leaders, but also to parents. So if you are... Um, I, I'm going to get it for myself because I also want, I've got to meet several people in the stories, but the way they filmed it. So like, you know, Francis Chan was there. Jackie Chan is in, uh, Jackie uh, Hill Perry is in it. Um, there are a few other great, there are people who have actually chosen, um, which I think is really interesting. And it's something we could talk about at some point, but there are a couple of people that interviewed a man who is gay, but has chosen a celibate lifestyle. So because of that, he's still worshiping the Lord with his life, um, honoring God with that decision, not allowing his sexuality to influence his following of Christ. And he talks about, I got to meet him, and he talks about how him being single and choosing a celibate lifestyle is allowing him to do more for the kingdom. And so I am super impressed with how they pieced everything together. And they also had his father be part of the conversation. So it's great for... Parents, if your kids are struggling, if you want to know how to talk to your friends that are struggling with that. Um, so it's available for a church to purchase, but also as an individual. And the pricing, I think, will be different in that. So um, but Preston, Preston Sprinkle has a lot of, I'm going to tag them. Preston has a lot of resources and a podcast as well. Wonderful. Yeah. And what incredibly relevant and important topic. And yeah. it looks like quality just from the promo that you shared looks fantastic. Yeah. They did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very engaging. And hopefully it'll be um, really successful at engaging, helping people enter into these conversations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. So you're doing that. I'm doing that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But I'm most interested in something. You even mentioned this on the podcast you just recently did. The way you languaged it, you said the tension between being a Latina woman and a Christian. Yeah. And then you went on to talk about other things. And I was like, wait, what's that tension? Yeah. Uh, What's that all about? And, you know, tell me a little about the passion you have to uh, help women, minority women, um, Mm -hmm. think your heart is for Latina women um, to to really get their voices heard. And you you use the language. I'm going to throw a lot of stuff at you and then I'll shut up. you know, nobodies. I know you don't mean nobodies. No, you mean people not. who are not like famous or known. Mm-hmm. The people who are like nobody hears these stories, and they're amazing stories. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Before I do, though, I want you to tell because I have several friends that have joined. I want to say hi to you guys, Stephanie, Alina, uh, Elisa. Tell people who you are, Inez, because. I've mentioned it in my story. I knew some of my friends would show show up, and I saw a couple of Athena show up as well, and I want them to know who you are, and then I will happily answer that because 
because you're amazing. I want them to know. Oh, you're so kind. So I am and born and raised in Puerto Rican. Um, I know I don't, people say, you don't look Latina, I am, 100%, 100%. I speak Spanish, it's my first language. Born and raised speaking Spanish, and I came to the U.S. when I was 16. Number six of seven children raised by a single mother. She's a rock star. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I kind of grew up, trying, you know, scrappy kid having to overcome. I would say that's been the journey of my life, just overcoming a lot of obstacles. And to the point where you just get this sort of like really hard front head and you just keep going at things no matter what obstacles you find. And yeah. so um, that determination, I think, is, has helped me break through some barriers that typically are are not available to others, you know, or, or to some of us. So yeah. anyway, I am, um, I have a story of redemption of God's amazing grace. I, yeah. He saved me at the bottom pit of my life. I made a mess out of my life. I have one of those stories that I would never share if or not that it's now God's story, not mine. Uh, it's, it's one of those stories you think, oh my goodness, that's my story. That's my mess. But because God has redeemed it in such a powerful way, I share it boldly, humbly, of course, knowing that it's God who's, who's really redeemed my messes. And mm -hmm. so uh, that, that happened um, 18 years ago. I was wow. saved, and I became a believer at age 40, read the Bible for the first time at age 40. And I now it's really, like, blows my mind every day, Monica, every day, is that I'm a pastor at Mariner's Church, a teaching pastor at this mega church in Orange County. I've taught for 10 years there um, uh, on Sunday mornings to one of the uh, venues, which currently, because of COVID, is closed. But um, it actually, I actually transitioned out of that last year to write my first book and work on, on, on discipleship in a different way. And yeah. so it so happened that COVID happened this year, and it just sort of really closed that venue. But mm -hmm. I, I'm still teaching at Renners. I teach. Um, uh, small groups. I teach uh, discipleship classes. I just finished a six-week study on the image of God at Mariner's Church. Mm -hmm. Pretty heady stuff, really amazing, but also very relevant. We talked about race. We yeah. talked about the image of God in the enemy, the image of God in the vulnerable. It was really an, a powerful study. Very hard for me to write, um, but I learned a lot. So I, I'm in these spaces. I'm the only female teaching pastor at Mariner's Church. So I, I hold that with a great deal of humility and awe, to be honest, because I can't believe that God's using me in this way. Um, and yeah, trying to use um, the privilege that I have received uh, from every angle of God's grace to help um, help others along their journey. And and you're one of those people that I just yeah. love what you're doing. And, yeah. and I, I just want to like, let people know what you do and what you're doing and encourage you and strengthen yeah. you on the journey. Yes. Thank you. And I think it's so beautiful. I mean, I said this on my story today, but you really are an inspiration and you've paved the way in many ways. I have not, I've been in the nonprofit ministry world for seven years. I've been speaking. I have not met many women who are Bible teachers as yourself, who know and love the word of God who are pure Latina, you know, through and through. And um, I just am so encouraged by you. So I know you're asking me questions, but I just wanted <laughs> my listeners that they get to go back and watch this because many of them, I get 
through We Are Unveiled, through what I'm about to share, I've had so many Latina young women reach out to me in the past month who don't have someone to look up to, who feel like they don't have a space. And so um, it is a huge passion of mine. I know it's a passion of yours as well, but it's beautiful to have been able to cross paths with you, to have someone to look up to who is doing this. And so thank you for all your hard work, your faithfulness, your obedience, um, for saying yes because it is paving the way for many of us. Um, but yeah, so in Morgan's podcast, I talked about the tension of, you know, really your culture and your faith, the intersection of those, and how do you live those out? And I think, um, and you can connect to this, because I believe Mariner's Church is, there's a Latino population, but it's it's predominantly not, correct? Like it's- Yes. It's, it, it's so interesting, because it's in Southern California, high population of Latinos, but mm-hmm. the happens to be located in uh, Irvine slash Newport Beach, which okay. is more Caucasian and Asian. Okay. Uh, we do have a location in Santa Ana now. It, we've had it on and off over the years. It's now there again, uh, hoping to reach more directly the Latino community that's there. So there's portions of Orange County where I live that's very heavily Latino, but we haven't been a strong force there. So I'm excited yeah. to be able to, that, that we're doing that more intentionally. But we have been yeah. serving the community for years, for almost 30 years, but not not on the Sunday service. That's something we're mm-hmm. trying to do now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so you understand that the space I've been in as well, which is more of a conservative Christian space. I'm in Texas. You're in Cali, but I'm in, I'm in Texas. It's the South. I have a lot of friends who are from Tennessee, Georgia, um, Louisiana, who have been in ministry. And these spaces, it's very difficult. Oh, there's an ambulance coming. Lord, pray for whatever's going on with them. Um, but there's there's a culture of, um, you know, I need to behave a certain way to be accepted, or I need to communicate a certain way, or dress a certain way, or do my hair a certain way, or my my makeup a certain way to really fit in. And I think with the wake of 2020, um, with what the virus has brought, but beyond that, the tension of the reelection, the racial tension in our world, I, I am not alone. I know many people and many that are watching and will watch may feel that it's very difficult to marry your faith right now to your identity culturally because of what's going on in our world. And mm-hmm watching what feels like and what narrative has been painted by America and the news and the world and through social media as you're scrolling a narrative that evangelical Christians are against anything that isn't built for a white male to to succeed and that's not the truth that's not the right narrative but I don't believe there are enough voices that are minorities really speaking out on this on their own or there isn't enough representation where it feels like I feel a call to ministry for example you and I talked about this when we first talked I feel a call to ministry I feel God you know calling me into this space but I don't know anyone who looks like me who's done it so I feel the pressure to look like someone else or to behave like someone else who doesn't embody my my passion my loudness my love for music you know my um my spice if you will and the things that god made me and so i'm really passionate about creating a space for women to connect to other women even the conversation you and i are having right now it's a space for someone watching to say there's a there's a space for me here then if i'm a young latina woman 
and I want to do something for the Lord, I see these women doing it, and I can see there's a path and a way for me to do this as well. Yes. Whereas I feel like right now there's not, there are women out there doing it, which is, I don't know where they are. And my heart is to gather them, convene them, create a space for them and awareness. So now anytime people, you know, are looking to connect or to find that, they can go to We Are and Build, they can connect there, they can find my Asian women, my older, my younger, those that love the Lord, my Latina women, older, younger, that love the Lord, that are doing this, my black women, Indian. I've connected with several Indian women, women actually, who are from India and love the Lord. And they say, no, there's this cultural oppression that we are Catholic or we are Hindu or we only are a certain way, but I love the Lord and several are pastors and I never knew who they were. And so I think God just burdened my heart to create a space for connection and awareness for, and women is my heart. So that will be what I focus on. I believe men need that too, but you know, to have a space for women to look to one another and say, I'm not alone. And there's someone like me doing this. And do you think Monica, that sometimes we, um, we think that if, if the people that look like us are not up on stage or not up front and center in these positions of high visibility, that that in itself gives us the language of, well, we can't, we're not in the game. We're not, we're not getting to participate in what's going on. When in reality, there are so many people that look like us, talk like us, have a cultural context like we do, that are in positions. They're just not in those positions that are like, front and center per se Mm -hmm. and like have to be intentional we have to look for them yeah so Mm -hmm. and i love trying to bring light to them and show that no no no, we're out here doing it yeah and And the women i'm connecting with women like you i I connected with a female lawyer here in, in dallas and she has been practicing for 20 plus years she's a black woman she specializes in HR and we were talking and she said, you know, I would love to just be a resource for younger women who are in the workplace, who are maybe unsure of how to handle a situation when it comes to their race or some sort of discrimination against them specifically. Like this is my specialty. I will offer that for free to give advice and to coach them on how to handle that. And another woman I met with, um, you know, she's, Latina from Mexico. She married a white man here in the States and she, their dating process, their early marriage was difficult to navigate blending the cultures. And, uh, I know what that's like, you know, you know what that's like. Me too. Look at, I know exactly what that's like, you know, (laughs) but I said, you know, how amazing would it be? She talked about that, but she also talked about going to college, going to A&M from Mexico, you know, and she said, I felt the pressure to wear a big t-shirt and shorts and to look white, you know, and that's not me, but I felt like that was the only way I could fit in. And she said, I would love to help women understand how can you show up as yourself and love Jesus, but not feel the pressure to become someone you're not, to embody the fullness of who he made you to be. Because identity, of course, is our ultimate battle from the very beginning. And I think that's something that, yes, I believe there is importance in representation. You know, with Kamala becoming VP, love her, hate her, whatever. It's a historical, monumental moment for women all over the world to see that and to say, wow, there's possibilities for women that are growing and there's 
representation for minority women as she's, you know, half black, half Indian from India. So that in itself means a lot. And I feel like the world has done a, a pretty good job of elevating that and not always elevating the most righteous of women in that space that are minority. And my heart burns to see the Christian world, the evangelical world, doing the same. Do the same to say, here's a space for you because um, I've had the opportunity to speak to a lot of, of pastors, a lot of um, conservative pastors. And when I do, usually they're, they come, but most of the time they're hesitant to even hear me speak. I'm single, I'm young, I'm, let, I'm Latina, you know, I'm not the average person communicating to them. Mm. But one of the first things I ask is I ask them, do any of you have daughters? And most, majority of the room raises their hand. And then I say, do any of you have a strong, independent daughter? Who, <laughs> you know, stubborn, she rules the house, you know, she gets her way. And they all laugh and they keep their hands raised. And then I say, okay, she grew up and she's right here in front of you. Like, I'm her. And I'm going to speak to you as her. And I'm going to ask you to create space for her in your church. Because if you don't, she's going to go somewhere else. And she's going to use that strength and that gift and that voice and her dominance outside of the will of God. Yes, a woman can use it anywhere in the world, but I believe God desires for female voices to be elevated in the church space and minority female voices. And so so my heart really is to create a space for women to connect and also to resource them to connect to other women. Hi, Jackie. I love Jackie. Um, So, and Jackie's one of those women too. Hi, Jackie. (laughs) respect and she's a leading voice a leading latina voice right now in the evangelical space that you know would love to continue to create awareness for that people can connect to and find resources from so so uh, good you know i i wish i knew you when i was young (laughs) not that i could right because you're younger than me but because you know i came to the u.s when i was 16 didn't speak english had to learn english and the Immediately what I felt was I had to forget my Spanish. I had to assimilate. I had to pretend that I was not, you know, Puerto Rican. And mm-hmm. I actually told my family, I'm not speaking Spanish anymore. I'm speaking English, which, of course, I only knew a few words. So they all laughed at me, and I was a talkative one. So they were like, what are you going to say? Nothing until I figure out how to speak English. And I, I worked really hard at learning English and trying to get rid of my accent. But in so doing, in that fear of not being accepted, I also was erasing so much of who I was, who I am, my cultural context, the, just the wow. view of the world. I mean, one of the things that's remarkable that I, even for us Latinos, we forget this, and is that we have, uh, we're, we're in the USA, which is a very individualistic culture. But the Latino culture is still a communal culture. And so we operate from a very different relational mode. And so, you know, when we have to stand out individually, we are actually standing outside of our own cultural context. And that's uncomfortable because it's our heart and desire to lift others up and be connected to a community. So mm-hmm. I feel like actually living that out. And man, I needed that when I was young because I, I kept yeah. off more and more of my Puerto Rican 
myself. And it took almost 20 years for me to start speaking Spanish again. Wow. Uh, and then now, now my Spanish is not that great, you know, but, but I'm trying to practice it and keep using it again. It's still, yeah. still there. And I'm, I'm being more intentional. I, I start the Ines Franco Latina page and I'm trying yeah. to share Spanish and I'm praying in Spanish and missing things terribly because I became a believer once I spoke English. So my Bible reading is English. So I don't know the Spanish, you know, I'm trying to read, read the Spanish Bible so I can get back mm -hmm. to that. And so, you know, for, for young people, never to lose their cultural context mm -hmm. and that you're, you're helping people stay in touch with that, find purpose in it and live it out. And then, like you say, participate with their gifts because they're needed. They're yes. desperately needed, whether it's at work, in the workplace or in the church or in the community or even in, in within social settings. Our voice matters and we bring yeah. to the table that matters. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I mean, you said, you said it, girl, that is it. And, and I am with you. I'm relearning Spanish myself. Okay. Good. <laughs> we need to practice together. You know, I'm watching Selena. No, I'm kidding, but not really. Um, but it also makes me think of Selena. Like it's the reverse of her, you know, learning Spanish in order to to make it in the Tejano world, but she was also American and grew up American and kind of wrestled with her identity. And so I think that's, that is the wrestle for any uh, minority, I think, who lives in America and who desires to have an impact and influence, but they're just, as you said so beautifully about the communal aspect and about um, what the Latino culture brings to the table, there's so much importance there. And I'm sure you've seen this in the work that you've done, but as I've been, been more outspoken, the Lord has just brought more and more Latina women to me, and I'm seeing the need for them to see someone that looks like them. You know, I had a girl message me who said, I've never heard a Latina woman speak, you know, before. That's not in a Spanish church, you know, um, but that is out there doing something for the kingdom beyond, and so... I think there is something God's doing that's really beautiful, not just obviously with, with Latinas. That's what I embody, so I'm passionate about it. But I believe there's work he's doing everywhere. And so yeah. my hope is that I bring some awareness to that in my, my corner of the world to help women not feel alone in their pursuit. I mean, an important thing is that we're doing our part. And what I check my heart with all the time is to make sure I don't live in a scarcity mindset. And that there are very few places where we can participate and have our voices heard. And oftentimes we can come into those places with very sharp elbows and not really lift others up. And yeah. so kind of like whatever space we get, we grab onto because we are afraid we might lose it. If we say the wrong thing or look the wrong thing, like boom, we're out so quick, right? Our, the standards for us are so high that we have the fight to stay there, not just get there, but stay there. Yeah. But means we're not very supportive to those uh, others who are also coming in and so to to have this mindset of remembering that hey it's God who opens these doors for us and he you know there's plenty of space there, you know yeah. Jesus said there are not enough workers we need a yeah. lot of work so all of us have to do our part and we have to be willing to yeah. lift each other up right mm -hmm. absolutely there's there's more than enough room and there's room for you just as you are. And so I think that's something that it's taken me, you know, full circle journey of doing this 
you know, seven years of speaking and being in ministry and, and in this space. And, and if it wasn't for the space having not much room for minorities, especially women, I don't think I would be here. And so to have had the opportunity in my lifetime to be able to travel, to see that, to speak, to recognize that there weren't very many women where I went. And if there were, it was the same group. But many women would talk to me after and tell me their desire to do the same. And um, I, I believe the Lord is strategic in that to burden my heart. I know he's a strategic in you transitioning at the end of 2019 to where you are now to burden your heart. And I know with Jackie, who's tuning in and other friends I have across the U.S., God is burdening his daughter's hearts to to step into a new season and a new boldness and to embody who they are beautifully. And so together we do that. When we all do it, it we, we all rise together. And there is a beautiful communal aspect about no competition, you know, and simply excitement for everyone to join together. So, yes, yeah. you know, when we find ourselves in those tables, and we're the only one. Like you are the first one getting in there, and I'm sure this is not an uncommon experience for you. Mm-hmm. Where you're the only one to, you know, usually the pressure, I felt this pressure like, oh my goodness, if I blow it, I blow it for every other female Latina. <laughs> it's like yeah. the pressure of like, I have to do this right because, you know, they'll say, this is why we don't have Latina women doing this, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that pressure that we hold on, and what a waste of time. Yeah, I want to just say that it is a waste of time to put any energy into that mindset because that performance mindset is actually essentially like throwing out um, our, our freedom to be ourselves. Yeah, I've had to teach myself when I'm in those spaces like, no, I'm there because God has opened this door. I'm going to do my best. And there'll be many others behind me and we will carry this load together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not, not alone. And I can mess up. I'm human. Yes. And, and you know, if, if someone decides that I don't need to be at the table anymore for whatever reason, I believe God will open other tables. And Amen. I'm working at it. Nobody, I mean, I remember Christine Kane once said, if you feel called to preach, preach to a tree if that's what you have to do. Yes. <laughs> and that, that's sort of my mindset is like, okay, you don't want me at that table. I will keep doing what I'm doing. I know God will open doors for me to do what I'm being called to do. And goodness, now with social media and the internet, look at us. Yeah. There's, there's just an endless possibility where we can share our voice. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that's, I love that. It's so true. And I, I think someone out there needed to hear that. I know there was a time I did, and I said the wrong thing many times, and I did not do my best. And that's also why we need each other, you know, to support one another, to push one another further and to keep going. And so I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to see this next season of ministry and with how the church has shifted and so much influence online, there is an opportunity now that there just hasn't been when it comes to this conversation. So it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love everyone's comments. You guys are so nice. I know. Look at all these girls. Bueno, amigas, gracias por estar con nosotros este momento. Es una cosa increíble que estar juntas, hermanas y hermanos. Vamos a hacerlo todos juntos con el amor de Dios, porque Él es el que abre todas las puertas. Amén. <laughs> so good. Hey, Monica, thanks so much for this time. I could do talking. I, I love chatting with you. You're such a brain. 
You're so sweet. Thank you. You're Love so, it. So sweet. Uh, hey, all these fabulous people who joined us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the conversation. Share it with your Latina friends. They need to be encouraged. Let them know, hey, there's others out there doing this and encourage those who feel a little alone right now in this So Thanks again. I'll keep stalking you because I want to encourage you all along the way. So love you guys, girl. We'll stay in touch. Thank you, Inez. Have a good day, guys. Bye.